It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From the fifth quarter studio in Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to the Coaching Youth Hoops Podcast. They're playing basketball. 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 Here's our hosts, Steve Collins. Steve Collins. And Bill Flitter. Bill Flitter. Hey everybody, welcome to Coaching Youth Hoops. Coach Bill has uh has taken over. As you can see by my my goatee here, I'm on uh I'm on a little bit of a break. But before we jump into the podcast, I want to make sure you go over and check out coachingyouthhoops.com, the one-stop shop for anything you need as a youth basketball coach, practice plans, handouts, videos, you name it. It's all there. It's a one-stop shop. It's basketball coaching in a box. Um, and prices are going to be going up this fall. So if you're thinking of coaching your son's or daughter's team, um, coachingyouthhoops.com is the answer. Go over and check it out. Um, and if you're part of a youth organization, let us know. We can uh, we can take care of your whole youth organization too. Um, but go over and check it out, coachingyouthhoops.com, and let's head off to the podcast. Hello, coaches, and welcome to the Coaching Youth Hoops podcast. Hope you guys are having an amazing day. We have a special guest today, Mary Vollmer. She's a former player and quasi-coach, I guess we could say. You haven't fully committed yet 100%, but she has a son who plays and she helps out on his team. Uh, Mary is also a professor at St. Mary's College where she teaches English and a, and a few other subjects. Author. What else? Yeah. Wife, mother? Yeah, yeah. Well, I took a job recently in February as the um, uh, mission fellow for athletics, which is kind of like a chaplaincy position. So That's... I work with the NCAA athletes and some of the club teams, too, on on balance and spiritual wholeness. And as a former D1 athlete, I had a lot of struggles with that and have subsequently learned a great deal about helping myself 
also helping artists because I'm a novelist. So I spent the last probably 10 years of try, uh, trying to help artists and writers find a balance that, that contributes to their art, but also acknowledges the wholeness of their being. And so I'm trying to bring that now to NCAA college athletes. And it's been a, a real joy. And of course, the crossover, the youth sports is completely um, transparent. I've coached the CYO boys at uh, Santa Monica's, my son and a, and a bunch of others, and also help out wherever I can without being an annoyance as, <laughs> as well. Um, and, and so I've learned bringing a lot of the things that I've learned about contemplative prayer, about meditation, um, some of Phil Jackson's philosophies of team building and athlete building. If you hear something in the distance, that's my nephew who's singing a very strange song loudly. Um, So it's exciting. It's exciting to be here. It's exciting to come back into basketball after spending most of my youth in, in compelled by nothing else. And coming back now as a teacher and an author and a coach to have a, a broader perspective on what maybe I wish I had had <laughs> as yeah. a young athlete and I would what imagine. maybe we can offer as coaches now to our young athletes. Well, yeah, and, and let's dive into that right away because I think you do bring a unique perspective. You played, obviously played high school, played college. Now you're helping uh, D1 athletes with their time while they get to play. And I think you hit on a very important subject is instilling knowledge that you wish you had during your playing days. And I guess what are you sharing with your athletes? If you had three takeaways like uh, for uh, aspiring college athletes, what would that, what would you say to them? What are you saying to them really? Well, the aspiration itself is worth the pursuit. And I think the misconception is that you have to attain some goal and the goal is important, but the goal is a means of achieving some kind of wholeness that you otherwise wouldn't have done without it. So, and what I mean by wholeness is the ability to devote oneself, the ability to understand what sacrifice is, sacrifice for a team, but also sacrifice for some, some Mm -hmm. outcome that is not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, embracing like, that uncertainty <laughs> on a daily basis yeah. and and doing the work uh, and that kind of thing is going to translate to anything a young person is going to pursue in the future anything and well, I'm coach the you know, coaches out here listening and I think that's a really important part is the sacrifice mm-hmm. right? uh, how can a coach help their athletes with that message that makes sense? Yeah. Um, I think there's sacrifice for a team and there's sacrifice for your own development as a human being and as a as an athlete. And I think they have to go together. Athletes, especially young athletes, have to understand that there there is no um complete sacrifice of self for team. That and in the process of becoming part of a team, an integral part of the team, uh, you gain far more than you lose. And a coach's job is to kind of reveal what that gain is and embrace it. So if you are Rudy, you know, and you're going to, you're going to, and that, and that was my role in college, right? I was very good. I was an All-American in high school, but when I got to college, I wasn't big or tall enough, didn't quite have the mental um, strength to push through some of those limitations, but I was in practice and I was going to make every starter better 
And I recognized that was my role. And my coaches recognized the value of that role. So did my my teammates. So even though I wasn't gaining the notoriety, I was helping us move forward. And, and that was very satisfying in the end. So having even that my sacrifice of my time and my energy and my effort and my pain for something that wasn't necessarily reflecting directly on me was still very satisfying. Yeah, that's a, that, that is a it, one of the things that I talk about in my team is I always ask them, who's the most important person in the room? Mm-hmm. Right. And we go through this exercise and then someone will say the person next to them and they'll recognize yeah. them for something that they've done. Right. Basketball related or whatever. It doesn't have right. to be right. A lot of times it is. It's something they've done in practice. You know what? She really I noticed her effort today or noticed her energy or noticed, you know, during the drills, she was really struggling, but then figured it out. Right. Mm-hmm. The whole idea behind that, of course, is to put the focus on someone else and work harder for someone else than yourself. Yeah. Because I think of those limitations we naturally put on ourselves, right? But for some reason, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to work so much harder for you, Mary, on the court. Uh, if I can change that mindset that I am for myself, mm-hmm. all of a sudden those limitations go away. Yeah. And that's the yeah, whole step what we're trying to right communicate. So yeah, and there's two things I think in there. Um, one, the sacrifice hasn't doesn't have to be large. Uh, mm. One of the things we would do is that I, I decided I would go rebound everybody's ball. You know, I would make sure that I went and got the ball and brought it back. It was a very very small change, and it was a point in the, in the year where we were about to lose it emotionally, chemistry wise. We were just on the brink, and just that small gesture unspoken and probably unconscious on my part only on upon reflection do i understand what it meant after a while everybody was doing that everybody was just going and getting someone else's ball and bringing it back and that sense of camaraderie and very small sacrifice led to a larger feeling of togetherness that we 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 wouldn't have achieved necessarily without those small gestures and what you said about taking time just taking time to notice. There's three no's like the, to notice, to name it, and then to know it. Mm. To notice what someone else is doing, to name it out loud, and then to know it about yourself and your team. Those are three things you can do every day in practice. Um, and it does take time away from the the physical aspect, but that mental aspect is so important and yeah. so under exact under um emphasized i think and that's i like the way so it's notice name it and know it did i get that right yeah and it's a feedback loop right yeah yeah yeah. it's it's quick (laughs) and it's something that again a coach can instill in their practice or after a game or whatever it is right i'm curious though going back on the conversation and i think this is really important you okay you achieved high levels in high school now you're at d1 and now you're quote unquote just rebounding, we'll call it, right? <laughs> you obviously came in with an ego thinking, hey, I just got to yeah. do, I'm playing D1 basketball and realize, oh, I'm not the best person on this team. Mm-hmm. That's a big shot to your ego. So uh, I, and let's bring that down now, right, to the other levels in basketball, grade school, 
right? I'm the mm -hmm. best player on my grade school team. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not so, oh, I'm not the best one on my high school team anymore, right? Yeah. Right? How, how one, personally, do you make that adjustment and realization? How long did it take you? And then two is how does a coach help a student through that, maybe recognize that and give them the tools to like, because there isn't there this balance though, Mary, of, you know, kind of, uh, oh, I'm not the best one, but am I just being hard on myself or am mm -hmm. I really not the best one? Yeah. <laughs> but it, and can I, is it just, I just don't know and I need to get to there. So there's yeah. a lot in that, but I just want to, you know, I think it's a good subject to talk about and how you fight yeah. through all of that. I think I understood it after I was done playing, but I yeah, now having, right. But I, but I understand it now and I understand it watching my son play and coaching. Mm -hmm. And one is that, um, there's a wholeness of being that's emerging in every young person and the athlete athletics might be part of it, but in the same journey where I was struggling on the court, I was starting to write. There was an outlet for my mm -hmm. frustration and mm -hmm. it emerged that that was a talent. And so allowing yourself when you hit walls to grow in other directions, that that doesn't mean that that's the end of growth. It just might be a, a means of growing in another direction. Yeah. And the other thing is the notion of being a best on the team. If, if, if we can somehow undercut that by saying you're the best rebounder, you who you've got the best handles. I mean, five people on a team right. that need right. to work together and to how do you acknowledge and celebrate the talents of someone else without undermining your own ability, undermining your own, whatever it is you bring to the team. And, and, and if we can, figure out a way of instilling that in in the very lowest levels of youth sport um, so that as they grow up, they're not thinking I'm, I'm the best or I'm nobody, which is kind of, I don't know that it's an American notion. I spent a lot of time in England and Wales um, where, where football, of course, soccer is more dominant than anything. No one is going to dominate. You got to have all different kinds of talents and abilities to contribute um, but how can a coach help a student athlete? Again, notice them. Notice what they're, hey, I like that nail polish. That's cool. What did you get that? That's Or, or I like I, other aspects of the person walking in the gym, the whole person walking in the gym. How the test go? Is your sister all right? You know, um, noticing these things, naming them, and then letting that person know that they're known as a valuable part of the team beyond what they can do with that orange ball um and at the lower levels of youth sport wins and losses maybe they matter but they probably shouldn't um it, it really is the development of that whole person and then helping them when they get to those levels where they meet they meet the boundaries they, now some boundaries are solid if you're five foot one and not a tremendous athlete there's only so far you can go in the sport in the sport there's a lot of other places you can go or if that kid is five foot eight and, and she's hit up she's hit a plateau and it's now it's hard suddenly it's hard it's never been hard before how do you help that person say yeah it's hard now what are you going to do 
you have two options. You can say, I'm not going to do this because it's hard, or you can embrace the difficulty and just see how far you can go. And as a coach, you have to kind of recognize the difference between an, a student, an athlete who is, is, is discovering hard for the first time. I'm not the best on my varsity team. That's, that's an opportunity for growth. Um, I'm probably not going to play in my varsity team. That's also an opportunity for growth, but just, just in another direction and to value that direction as much as you value the varsity team. Well, and and what about the opposite of that though, too, which is the player maybe is, you know, barely made the team, Mm -hmm. but then also thinks he or she is the best on the team. Mm. You know, I see it more happens, in boys than I see it in girls. <laughs> you see it more in boys, you said? I see that mentality more in boys than I yeah. see it in girls. Um, you know, we just did a study on Division One and Division Three men's basketball teams, men's sports generally, and the perception of where they were going after this. And Division Three and Division One men all thought they were going pro. <laughs> oh, wow. And, okay. and, and it was like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's kind of what they're born into. Women have not had that True. ceiling for very long. They haven't had something to aspire to. So their their eyes have always been broader. Now, I think you let the game teach that kid. <laughs> There's not a lot you need to say. When they're on the court, the game will teach that student, that athlete more than your words can. Now, when it doesn't go well, then you have then then you have to figure out how to how to speak to that student. You know that that to know that the failure, which is which is what it is, and we can't say that that doesn't exist. To say we fail, sometimes we fail. That doesn't mean <laughs> you're a lesser person. It just means in this particular moment, this is not a this is not a success. And, and to be able to see yourself uh, honestly and with compassion is probably one of the greatest gifts sports can give you. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people learn to do that. They're often afraid of failure and that fear of failure lasts lifetime because they've never had to confront it. And so as difficult as that is, whenever that happens, and some people find it in junior high and some people uh, come against it like me in college it hurts. It's hard. And the game taught me how to, how to get through it. And the coach wasn't much help. Well, did you get (laughs) bitter towards the coach when this was, did you blame? Cause that's what I see. Yeah. Okay. Right. The coach is, Oh, he doesn't play me because he doesn't like me. He doesn't play me for whatever reason. Right. It's, it's all, it's not, it's not because I can't play. It's, he doesn't appreciate, right. me, doesn't love me, doesn't whatever, right? Yeah, and that can, you know, then when a kid gets in the game and she perceives she's not being supported, that can make it harder to actually perform too, to her ability, whatever that is. Um, and I, I, I haven't, I think you just have to have honest conversations. I had a coach sophomore year in college who said, look, you're probably not going to start ever. And I will support you if you want to transfer. I hope you don't, because I think you have this and this and this to offer the team. And I think that's just as important as scoring a lot of points. But you're probably not going to start. 
what are you going to do with that information? Yeah, right. And that honesty, as much as it, uh, it, it hurt at the moment, in retrospect, I'm grateful. Did she limit me? I don't think so. You should have seen the athletes I was playing with. They were pretty spectacular. Uh Um, But at least now I could focus on what I could do, what I could contribute and found great value in in that. So you, you turned that situation into a positive. So you don't look back and saying, Oh, that was a failure in my life. And I think you said it before it taught you something new which is your ability to write. Yeah, it's still teaching me. Yeah. And I can't say that I don't have moments when I think back and think if I had just had <laughs> X, Y, Z, if I could have just, and a lot of times I, I come back to my own mental toughness, mm-hmm. which wasn't um, nearly as tough as I physically was at the time. Um, and really, I think if we can focus more on those, how do you, how? okay, I can coach a two, two, uh, a two, three, zone mm-hmm. one three one zone fine i could do all that how do you coach mental toughness yeah. how do you coach spiritual strength and wholeness even within these difficult situations that's an opportunity in youth sport that, that we're not that a little bit of. because we've heard a lot about mental toughness right now mm-hmm. you know we're at uh coaching youth hoops we're launching uh, some mental toughness exercises and incorporating that within practice plans. So a youth coach who's got one to two practices a week can use these exercises, right? Because most of right. us are not trained as sports psychologists, right? Um, yeah. and, and so we need the tools to help us, just like most of the volunteer coaches are not coaches, right? It's not what they do, right? So, you know, we give them the tools. So, we, you know, we're coaching the game on the court and the game in the head. But Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Touch upon that on the mental toughness side. But then also the spiritual side and what you mean by that and explore that a little bit. Well, they're linked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the notion that physical toughness, mental toughness, spiritual wholeness is they're they're separate. They're they're not. They're mm-hmm. all feeding one another. You look at the best athletes in the world, you look at the Stephen Curries, you look at the way they approach the game and their physicality, and you think that the two cannot be separated. Now, how did they how did they learn that? Uh, Phil Jackson has a book, Sacred Hoops, where he traces the way that he went from a purely physical player to one that approaches the game on a spiritual and mental level. He uses Buddhism (laughs) as his kind of framework. The difficulty is, of course, we can talk about sports or religion and and politics, like the two things you, you think sports are free of. 
Uh, how do you how do you do that in a non-denominational open ways? Yeah. I think a lot of the Catholic um, colleges and high schools and lower they, they have a, they have a built-in platform for kind of addressing those kinds of concerns within the framework of the Catholic tradition, which right. the students, by virtue of going there, are buying into. Um, but there are ways of 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 non-denominational just meditate meditative practice. Mm -hmm. Uh, learning how to sit in silence gratitude practice is a really really um easy i'd say you can do it every day what are you what are you grateful for today and just that 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 question makes them acknowledge and then it turns the energy of the room into a positive energy whatever that negative energy comes in i mean teenagers oh there's a whole bunch of stuff going on what are you grateful for today yeah. And then you're just turning that notch to the positive level. And then you can go towards practice from there. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you, you acknowledge when someone just loses it, <laughs> just loses it, let them lose it. Cause you're never going to kind of help somebody in the midst of that breakdown afterwards though, like my son, I'll use my son as an example, very competitive kid loses his mind. Sometimes just the things aren't fair. I got fouled, just loses it. So afterwards, I said, uh, we have to talk about how do you recognize the triggers that are sending you down that rabbit hole before you go? Because once you're in there, it's hard to get out and then counter them. And one of the ways we do this and one of the ways I also do this with my college athletes is we talk about breath. Mm, So even if you're at the free throw line, if you're in the penalty box, whatever it is you're doing, you don't, you can't sit down and do a 10 minute meditation with your hands up, but you know, you're not going to be able to do that, but there's certain coach, images uh, coach Bennett would have an issue with that. if it's, uh, But in every step, you can take a breath out and a breath in and a breath out and a breath in and a breath out. And you have time for at least three breaths and almost any kind of pause during a game, free throw line, um, uh, huddle, wherever you are. Um, you can also use certain Im- imagery. And I use this with my boys all the time is that where's your head right now? Where is it? <laughs> and and very often their head is like way above their body on a string. They're, they're just their energy is all up here and they're all on balance and it's all angst and it's all anger. So what we do is I say, well, imagine your head is on a balloon. And all what we're gonna do is we're gonna pull your head back onto your body. And even have them kind of rub their own necks, you know. And they think I'm silly and stupid. But they do it and it makes them feel better. And I'm willing to be silly and stupid just to kind of help them bring their energy back into their body. Because the misconception is there's there's negative energy and there's positive energy. There's energy. It's energy. And if you can find a way to use that negative energy and bring it down into the body where it's useful, where it's going to drive in a positive direction, that's when you're going to gain some success. Again, it's going back to noticing when a player is energy's all up here. Later, when it's um, the right moment, naming it, are you are you feeling okay? Allowing them to say, tell you, and then when it's known, those triggers, those things that make them pop. With my son, it's perceived injustice <laughs> on the court. And then, then yeah. you can start. It's a process. You don't learn to shoot a jump shot in a day and you don't learn mental toughness or spiritual grounding in a day. Yeah. It's a process. 
over time that you have to constantly address. As a mom and a coach, I can do that on the court and I can do that at home. It's harder as a coach when you only have them sometimes just an hour a day. But if that five minutes of that hour were spent gratitude check-in and with um, some sort of imagery that they can use to kind of in the midst of a game to balance them, there are there are ways. There are more ways too. If we had a whole two hours, we could just go through a whole. <laughs> a well, whole maybe, bunch well, of maybe that's that's a yeah. We'll say that for another show. Yeah, really important. But do you know um, Graham Beckhart? Is that name for mental coach for the Sacramento Kings? He's coming on the know. show, and he has this whole um, palms down thought mm. process of. Like, you know, like you you were saying, your son loses it on a ref. It's like, yeah, we're going to fall, right? His hands are up in the air. Well, he's, he's teaching his. Oh, I like players, that. You know, Paul. Yeah, I like that. Right? I like yeah. that. Uh, anyway. Yeah, uh, a lot of it is physical. You know, a lot of yeah. our athletes do um, emotionally respond in a physical way. And so the, the remedy for that or the correction for that really is physical. The shoulders get very high. Yeah. You yeah. know, to take the breath and get it down. And that's really what that what that that imagery of the balloon pulling the balloon back on the head. You have to pull your shoulders down in order to do that. Um, and then and then the story that you tell, the imagery that you use is going to affect the body. Um, and and coaches, there's not a lot of coaches I think who are good verbal communicators. And if that's true for you, you have to you have to kind of gather these tools in your toolbox as a coach so that you can go back to them. And use them again when words fail you, because words are gonna fail you yeah, absolutely. in the moment. Yep. <laughs> Maybe yep. at night in bed you're gonna realize, ah, oh, yep, <laughs> that's what <laughs> I, I should have said. That Mary, you love this story. <laughs> oh, it just felt it was eating me alive. Okay, so I coached. This was a seventh grade girl, and I'm in my. I'm doing substitutions. And I had planned substitutions and I'm sticking with my plan. Okay. So, cause they mm-hmm. were, like I was telling you before we got on the show, it was so hot in the gym. Right. So I was substituting really quickly and didn't have a lot of subs. So in and out, in and out. And this one particular girl who was next up on the substitution list made a mistake. Okay. I, but because she was next, I just took her out of the game. Ah, uh, sure. Right. So, you know, where this is going, I'm thinking to myself after, of course, was like, oh, my goodness, she probably thought I took her out of Mm -hmm. because of the Mm -hmm. mistakes she made. Because I also I don't get mad at the mistakes. I just help them. Hey, next time, here's what you missed. And this is what you should look for. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. she sat down. Okay, so (laughs) the next. So this was on Saturday. On a Saturday, we had practice the following Wednesday. And I said, this, we have, we meet for five minutes before we, um, before we start practice. So quick chat about what's going to happen in practice, et cetera. And I said to her, I said, I have a confession to make. This has been eating me up. I, this is, you know, I explained to her what happened and she goes, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even remember that. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, Thank yeah. goodness, right? Like, okay, she moved yeah. on. Probably didn't even think about it. Like, okay, next play, right? Uh, but 
you know, I I do think about those things because the last thing mm-hmm. I want to do is not to have a confident player on the court. Yeah. And to pull someone out because they made a mistake. Now, yeah. if they're repeating that mistake, there's a different story, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was just Yeah, no, but I think I think your impulse was very good. And and even if she didn't remember that, everyone else heard you say that. And so if it happens again by happenstance. They're going to have remembered that, oh, yeah, you know, sometimes that just that's the way, you know, they're going to that memory of what you've said in kindness and compassion to that player is going to reverberate down down the year (laughs) to the other teammates. So I think anytime you err on the side of compassion, you're erring on the right on on the right side. Um, this, yeah, and I the, think that's a great message, right? The coaches yeah. need to hear is that ear on the side of compassion. And I think uh, we lose, we're losing that or lost it, or maybe it wasn't ever there. I don't know, because I think back now and I say this out loud about some of the coaches. Did I think, were they tough? Yes. Did I think they cared? Yes. You know, some of them. <laughs> right. But you know, one of the questions I asked you when we were setting this interview up was your pers- and this goes into this perspective, mm-hmm. then and now, right? Mm-hmm. Your playing days, your high school playing days, and now you seeing your son mm-hmm. play out of it. He's 10? 10, yeah. Yeah. So seeing him now, you ha- obviously are very um, thoughtful and looking back on your history and the things that you would change and maybe do the same, instilling this wisdom on the, at least, of course, you know, life and sports, but sports, since we're talking about that specifically, mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts on the then and now? And is it, is the game changing? Is basketball as an ecosystem changing? for the good the better the you know or for the worse or the better or is there not a black and a white situation anyway just a broad question hey it's me again real quick uh just interrupting 30 seconds for the podcast but go over and check out coachingyouthhoops.com the one-stop shop for a youth basketball coach everything you need it's what coach bill and i would have wanted as youth coaches when we were coaching our kids um go over and check it out i'm gonna tell you give you a little secret Prices are going to be going up this fall. So go over and check it out. Let's head off to the podcast. Yeah, it's complicated. Um, In part because when I started going up, there were no girls teams. I played on a boys team until I was in the fifth grade. And then when I was in the fifth grade, there was no AAU teams. There was the, you know, six week youth league that I played in and then a few camps in the summer. And so the opportunities now to play are so many more, so much um, broader. It's also a lot more expensive. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I could have, um, I, I'm pretty sure I could not have afforded to play basketball at the level I had been playing in high school because it just, it costs so much now to do the kind of travel teams that, that seem to be required. Um, there's it's more of a much, right? much more of an industry right. now than it had been when I was there. It was, it was much, it's much, much more of an industry. And the fact of the matter is most of the travel is not necessary. And you as 10 years old, you can get all the competition you need within a 50 mile, probably a 10 mile radius at this point. And it really the, the skill, the skill work you do at the, at the younger level um, is, is the most important thing. 
the the difference technologically is profound. If I had had YouTube to tell me how to do a cross jab <laughs> or right, or right. behind the back or to show me Steph Curry's shooting form or you know what footwork looks like when you're when you're running the baseline and you need right. to square up. I would have loved, absolutely loved that. I didn't have anybody to teach me those things. I just had to watch and learn as as it went along. Um, it did, but the, I think the industrialization of youth sports since I was playing when I was young is the biggest difference mm-hmm. between the experience. So, so you have to be very savvy, I think, as a parent to to decide. Well, what do we do? what do we want? <laughs> not what they're promising look at look at what the promises are but also look at what the experience of the athletes are too and realize that no one is going to get an nba contract at 13 they're not <laughs> or WNBA or college scholarship <laughs> you know so the joy and love and the effort and the fitness and the team camaraderie all of those things they they last through time. That's the same as it for me as it is now. It's just that sometimes I think you can get overwhelmed by what the club is selling. And if they are selling elite athleticism and elite athletes, and that's their focus, then your kid is not an elite athlete or elite any, you know, you may not want <laughs> to spend your time there. Um, and who knows if a 10 year old doesn't elite anything, <laughs> you just don't know. Um, I can't remember exactly what your question is, but the differences between, um, really, I think what, what is the same is that there are kids, athletes, um, who obviously love the sport. It's just kind of a burning in your belly. And I can see it when a kid walks on the court, whether they got it or not. There's a little, not even a swagger. It's just the desire that, that that's evident to me. Um, and you can see when they just they just want to have some fun and play. And both of those athletes should have a chance to to be successful at at, at the level that they're they're capable of. How do you? I don't think I've actually answered your question. No, you did. No, you did. You did. You, you talked about yeah, the, then and now, and I totally agree with the AAU programs and you know commercializing of basketball and yeah. you know you and I learned on the blacktop. Yeah. And my kids always laugh. They always ask this question. You talk about that. Like, how did you organize everybody? You didn't have a cell phone. Like, you didn't have text. I'm like, yeah. I think about it. Like. Yeah, how did we do that, right? Yeah. We called or we said we just knew we were going to meet there at the playground at a certain time on, yeah. you know, whatever during the summer or, um, yeah, that's kind of funny. But I think too the ecosystem of the older player, right there, there we were always we were enthralled with the just older players because we could watch that player and try to do what they did. They were right. our YouTube. Jean right. Eilers was my YouTube. She would do things with the ball that I couldn't even conceive of, and I would try it, mimic what yep. she was doing. And then um, I had a video of Stanford, um, the 89 uh, Stanford, I think it was 89 Stanford World uh, National Championship. And I watched Jennifer Azey shoot her shooting routine. And I did Jennifer Azey's shooting routine for probably six years, six or seven years straight every day, if I could, if I could, if I could swing it. So I think when there's that hunger, it's, you're going to find that that athlete's going to find a way to to satisfy that that need and that need 
I never made it to Stanford basketball. But if I hadn't had Stanford basketball to aspire to, um, that would have been a real loss for me. And the goal in the end, we did beat Stanford, by the way. I'm just going to throw <laughs> that in there. My senior year, we beat Stanford go. at home. But, yeah. <laughs> I love Tara Vanderveer. I think she's she's great. And, Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to add to that. I was like, you know how many hours I practiced the sky hook? <laughs> <laughs> I think my... we should bring that back. Right? That's a great shot and not any boys. Yeah. It's like the, um, it's like the floater, right? Everybody's right. doing the floater Everybody's now. Floater. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 that's just as good a shot as the floater, especially for a little guy in the middle. That's right. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you just break that down, right? <laughs> the amount of distance you have between the player, the, defender and the balls you know yeah you could do it mathematically if you needed to I've met my husband's a mathematician he could draw you the angle at which the optimal height of the ball be achieved (laughs) uh again when we do our next podcast about math and basketball we'll interview oh yeah yeah he could probably do that for you well it's funny I it's funny you bring that up because I do actually do bring that up to a certain degree when I when I train, I always, uh, you know, I talk to the kids and we're like, hey, what's your favorite subject in school? And if they bring up math, then I relate everything to geometry, math equations. Basketball is just a math equation and, you know, whatever else. And they're like, oh, I never thought about it that. And their light bulb yeah. goes on. I'm like, hey, look at the triangle. See this, right? You always, you know, so yeah. we talk about the, you know, the, you know, the different types of triangles on the court, right? The geometry part of it. Anyway. Being, and you're, you're seeing, like, that's how you coach. You see, what's my way of speaking to this player about this game? And it's going to be different for every player. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's the fun part of it where I try to make it. Well, I, my mom sat in on a training session yesterday and she goes, oh my gosh, you break the game down into its simplest form. It's really quite mm-hmm. unique. And, I think that's what makes it fun for the kids mm-hmm. too. And that's the other part. She says, Oh my gosh, the little words and little sayings you, uh, you know, throughout the entire training session. And I think, you know, my big thing, and this is what, I, this is one of my other questions is this balance of, of fun. Mm. You know, you, if you think about it, every time you say what you're doing, which is I play basketball play right. play right. means i'm supposed to be having fun it's playtime i'm playing a game right i play with right. my friends I set up a play date right i think as coaches another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We suck away the fun. 
right? Yeah. And and because because of the way basketball is structured right now, right? Yeah. I have to have the I have to win in order to attract the parents to get the money, blah blah blah, right? To get the right mm-hmm. kids to my program, right? And you know, of course, there's the rec leagues and all of that, but even that, it's like, you know, I I don't know. How do we return? How do we put the fun back in fundamentals and basketball? Right? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm going to switch the word from fun mm-hmm. to joy. Okay, and joy is joy is a bit more complicated than that. It's not always laughy, clap, clap. Okay, I like that. I mean, and you can yeah. have joy in the midst of difficulty. There can just yeah. be this joy. You know, when you take a charge. That's not fun, right? That <laughs> right. hurts. But there's like there's this joy in having been in the oh, right wow. place at the right time, and yeah, you know. So so, uh, actually, John Edgar Wyman has something to say about play, and it's if I can remember right, it's like you start just messing around. That's what play is. You throw a ball. I don't think I have the quote somewhere. So uh, you throw a ball through a hoop, a silly fun trick at first, until you decide you want to do it better. Right. That's yeah. then. And then what? And then you go from a fun, silly trick to where is the joy in this self-discovery and this growth in this? Uh, and, and joy is a kind of energy you bring. You know, I'm feeling it right now. I want to be on the court. There's this joy that accompanies the task at hand. How many how many layups can we get in a row? Let's try that. You know, there's part competition in that. And there's yeah. a part of joy of a of a group achievement. Um you can take joy in a win. You can even take joy in in a loss. Oh, I know that sounds nuts, but what it is is recognizing the collective feeling of that. And, and when you're you come back to the gratitude, recognizing we experience something together, and we're going to use what we felt to create something new and joyful. Um, going back to gratitude, there's no better. Um, food for joy than recognizing what you're grateful for at any given moment. Mm. And I and like that. I really like the spin of the, of the joy because you're absolutely right. Having, you know, we, I rem- remembered a game recently where we lost and they were more happy at the end of that loss than they were after a win. And it was just joy because they, and maybe it was also the framing of it, which I think is important is uh, I don't put the emphasis on the outcome. I put it on the effort and mm-hmm. have this mentality of winning equals fun. I'm not saying it isn't part of that equation, but it's not the only thing. Everybody likes to win. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, sometimes, you know, some those really competitive families look at me, well, that's because you don't win very often. So, or you don't, you're not competitive enough. So you don't want to win. I'm like, that's so not, that's like mm-hmm. the opposite of how I feel. But at the same time, I don't want the outcome and my, my happiness or sadness be determined by what just happened on the court Yeah, uh, because I want to feel the joy. So I always tell the kids, I'm like, look, you already won. Why? Because this is just an hour of our time. You just spent six hours in practice with the coaching game team, right? Six hours in practice. You showed up every day. You you showed effort. You're, you know, we're working together as a team. Here's what you, all the things you've you already won. So they're just you can't that's not take this one hour and consider all the work we did for the week, 
you know, if we lose that, that everything we did was a failure because it's right. not right. Anyway, so we, we talked yeah. a lot about that. Well, that's, that goes back to kind of the Mamba mentality, you know, you have Kobe Bryant yeah. and, and he talks about winning and losing and like, no, 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 it's, it's growth. Yeah. It's, it's right. growth, constant kind of search for growth. And he doesn't define it necessarily as a, even as a, athletic growth. He, in his more mature years, he was very concerned with spiritual growth and different kinds of uh, of um, inhabiting himself. I, I mean, obviously, I think when things are going well, when you have a team that's bought in, when you have the talent, winning is going to be a consequence of those things. And sometimes, and often the case in my high school team, we were very often the shortest team uh, in the state tournament. And we were consistently in the state championship game. And and why was that? Because we were taught the joy of moving in concert with each other. We, we had it. We took joy in finding a way of undermining more talented teams um, because we were able to play together. That togetherness too, I think is a kind of, of joy. If you can, if you can figure out that, that chemistry and we didn't like each other all the time. We were a bunch of 16, 17, 18 year old women, you know, there was lots going on behind the scenes, but when we got on the court, there was a certain swaggering joy that we took from um, the effort. There's nothing that takes the place of effort in the creation of joy. You can't step on the court, win or lose, and take joy if you haven't put in the effort ahead of time. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. the effort is part of the joy. That, and that's one of the great things about sports. There is no, you can't check your phone mid practice. There is a complete um, immersion in a moment. And that is a joyful thing, especially now when we're so fractured all the time. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right in that. And I often think about that. It's like for two hours, you know, in one day, my players are not on their phone. And they're that's, that's a spiritual gift right there. I want to go back in. to the, uh, uh, sorry to cut you off. Sorry. That's there. okay. Yeah. Um, I want to, cause I, I want to bring up this, you, you mentioned that you mentioned earlier and I, I wrote a note down I'm looking at it right now, energy. Okay. Yeah. So here's what happens a lot of times, or here's what happens. That's not the right. Here's what happens in practice. Okay. You have your high energy days and your low energy days. Mm-hmm. Yesterday we had a low energy day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Low energy day. Right. And I had to stop several times to say okay what like you were just going through the motions right Mm -hmm. I mean I have I'm just I'm blessed with a very high energy or good energy team right Mm -hmm. focus they're doing high fives all the time they're encouraging one another I mean it was (laughs) there were a bunch of zombies yesterday okay so you're a youth coach you're you have that situation come up you know you can a to stop practice you can get mad. You can just do something silly to get their mind off of it. You can stop and talk. What's on your mind? Like, what's going on? It's not like, like one or two. It was like yesterday. Yeah. And I think, you know, they, they're they feeding off of that energy. They are. Right? Yeah. So what do you do in that situation? What would you do in that situation? 
Well, I'm putting you on the first, spot. No, I'm going to put you on the spot. And okay. my question is going to put you on the spot. My okay. question would be, what kind of energy did you bring into the room? You know, I thought I mean, about was that, that something? Yeah, no. I mean, I, that that's the first thing. The coach, yeah. you know, and, and as a professor, too, you walk into the room and I'm very yeah. conscious of. All right. <laughs> this is where I want us to be. So I have to, I have to be there. Um, sometimes that doesn't work. Um, and then and then you have to bring your intuition into the game. There's so much going on with teenage girls. Yeah. There's menstruation, there's periods, there's boys, there's the swimsuit that they have to buy and they hate going in. There's all of this stuff. And and sometimes it's insurmountable. And sometimes the best thing to do in that situation is let's just play knockout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and sur- surrender is a viable option at times. And if, especially if you can, and that just takes kind of an intuition and sometimes you're going to be wrong. But again, going back to that notion is err on the side of compassion. It doesn't mean you're easy. That doesn't mean you don't run because compassionate um, coaching might in some case mean we got to take ownership for our own performance here. (laughs) But, but you know, and some, some practices are just not, are going to suck. Well, Some was- days are going to be bad. And the great thing about basketball, especially for coaches, is there's always another practice. There's always another game, an opportunity to kind of switch the energy around. You had games that are terrible. Sometimes you just have to endure and get to the end of them. Never. And I- then let them go. <laughs> Actually, that term let them go is it let it go is something that I think is really important, not just for that practice, but yeah. for the middle of the game. How do you experience a, an unjust foul? How do you turn the ball over? How do you, and then let it go? How do you let it go? Uh, and I think that can be practiced in the in the course of a practice. First of it, noticed, yeah. named, needing to let it go, and then known. Okay, this is this is how I let it go. That's when you come back to that breath, right? You're holding on to it, let it go, go on. Um, and the same thing can be done in small or large terms, small in the, in the instant of the game, when you throw that, that, that crappy pass, let it go. Or after a practice, Oh God, that was awful. Okay. We'll, we'll let it go. We'll take what we can from it. <laughs> I know you're absolutely right. And then- <laughs> we'll move on. But right. then, then go ahead. What kind of energy do you bring into the, into onto the court? Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's not, a, it's often not about you. It isn't, but the energy you bring onto the court is something that you can model daily. And if you don't have it, sometimes I just say like, look, I need you guys. I need you guys to pick, to pick it up because I'm, I'm, I'm struggling today. So I need you guys to pick it up. And so I'm saying, look, I don't, I need, I need you sometimes to get the energy up. And they like that. They like to say, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll bring it for coach because she needs help today. And, well, so there's a <laughs> oh i was gonna say what happened after the practice though is my i have a, a leadership council there's three mm-hmm. girls on the team uh and the one of them approached me because the other two were off um, on vacation and the one approached me and she says coach i'm sorry like mm-hmm. that's on me like and i said well not 100 percent, but at the same time right this is one of the things that you know we had talked about in the past which is empowering you what can you do right to help in the situation and here are the markers 
that you need to read. And so I was teaching her like, okay, so you know, it's great stop practice about energy and effort. And we talked about it at some point, feel free to say, coach, we need a timeout. We're going to go here and talk about whatever is situation is going on. And then we'll come back to practice with, you know, some energy and effort. Mm -hmm. And I said, you have, you can absolutely 100% do that. Because, yeah. and I want you to feed off, I want you to be mature enough and recognize those situations. Now, I'm very, very, very blessed again to have three individuals who are mature enough mm-hmm. to take on those leadership roles and who mm-hmm. are not just, you know, they, they're okay. They're comfortable wow. talking with their peers, right? Yeah. Pulling them aside and having those conversations. So you got to have the right people. But anyway, I think. You're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head. If you empower your players to be part of the solution, we as adults don't always have to have the solution. And no, and they know that. They know that we don't. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. see right through us. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. So anyway, I I love that I, though. I love I and you bring up the the you know, the talents. What are what are noticing? What are the talents of your team? That that young lady over there understands. She can see when someone's down. She's talking. She's a natural leader. Yeah. Great. Name it. You're a natural leader. Yeah. Known. Everybody knows. This is one of our captains. Right? So notice naming and known. And then, and then that person can step up into a role, whether she is a scorer or not, whether she's a starter or not, um, and embrace that role. And And it's not as though you're assigning it. You're just noticing already right. what she's doing. Yeah. And you're going to have, if you have 12 players on the team, one or two are going to be that person. Just in terms of, you know, statistics, it's probably going to happen. <laughs> and I'm very fortunate to have three that are just outstanding. Yeah, that's great. I've never had three before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is amazing, right? They take on a lot of the, they take on a lot of responsibility. And I put a lot of responsibility on them. Because I'm like, oh, like you said, I noticed it. This will, no matter if they stop playing basketball tomorrow, they can take these leadership skills and apply them to other things. Mm-hmm. And I think as coaches, that truly is our job. The sport we play is just a vehicle for teaching, right? And that's yeah. the mentality I, I approach sports with. And as a coach who does teach or who's working with younger kids, I think it's really important that we're we're connecting the dots between life and sport yeah and it's a spiritual act i said tell my athletes and my artists art is a spiritual act athletics is a spiritual act you're using gifts that you have been given and you're developing them with a purpose larger than yourself in mind yeah that's that's a tremendous mindset, whether you apply it to sports or art or engineering or teaching. Um, and you don't have to define what spiritual means, although you might have your own definition. You might have your own tradition. And there's no harm in um, developing that part of yourself within this framework. Yeah, and we have a of framework sport. that we created, too, that encompasses all of what you know the 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 mental side the 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 spiritual side or we don't call it that because that always you know it's hard it's hard and it's right thoughts and feelings on that Um, but it really truly is one thing i i i also want to talk about here is you mentioned a key word 
gift. It was on mm-hmm. one of the podcasts and it was, oh, Doc Shepler brought this up and he was talking about, you know, w- when you're teaching uh, an athlete something new, you're giving them a gift. Hmm. He's the focus of the podcast was on shooting. That's his big thing is shooting. Yeah. And so we talked about the gift of teaching someone how to shoot. And that has really stuck with me and resonated with me. And if you think about shooting in particular, it's how we grade the game, right? How many yeah. points did you score? I'm not saying that's right, but that's what mm-hmm. we scored. You know, what's the first thing? I scored nine points today or I scored yeah. zero points today. I'm like, well, how many stops did you get? Well, I got all the stops on the team, but I scored zero points. You know what I mean? It's like, right, right. Okay, so I can give you the gift of shooting. Let's start there. And I never used to start there because I was more holistic. But man, what I realized, if I can give them the gift of shooting, we then that's the starting point and then mm-hmm. builds from there their enthusiasm for the game because they see the mm-hmm. ball go through the basket then they learn defense they're more excited about learning defense because they're like mm-hmm. oh my gosh i can get the ball back oh if i can stop mm-hmm. someone, right? anyway so yeah. talk about these gifts and it changes your mindset and how you approach the game and how you teach the game yeah yeah, it's it's almost a toolbox. And we were speaking before about one of uh, the players you're coaching, and there's just just a little change of of uh, when she's catching the ball, she's uh, bringing it here, then she's bringing it here. Right. And if you can just move so that your feet are first catch the ball tr- as close as you can into the shooting pocket, so that 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 motion is simplified. And a lot of what you're doing when you're when you're teaching shooting, especially anything skill wise is you're simplifying the motion to the point where it's the most efficient it can be. That's right. And Absolutely. and that takes, uh, especially with shooting, um, getting the ball in the hoop at first is the only, only thing. And then you want to be efficient. And in order to be efficient, you have to be patient enough to learn the mechanics that will allow you to be as efficient as possible. And a lot of youth players they don't have, they're not learning the mechanics early enough yeah. and and they're having so that when you have the success of going through the the ball going through the hoop they have this uh joy that will not translate in years and years to come because now they're going to have to relearn all the mechanics right. <laughs> in order to be efficient so if you can give them that gift of just the mechanical um motion so that when they get older the kid who's making all the points shooting this crazy thing um is going to have to relearn his shot completely and And the kid who's not quite there yet but has the mechanics will start to will start to use that gift and 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 be more successful later and that's patience right that's that's another huge lesson in sport you are not going to get what you want right now what you're doing today and tomorrow and the next day and a year from now is on in a continuum of growth and that's a really important lesson today there's not a a measure of instant gratification that's why it's joyful not just happy yeah it's like it's it's the same thing as parenting right as a coach right it's like yeah what we're doing today we may not see the fruits of our labor but you know i always judge that as you know do they do they want to come back? Do they remember like some of the teachings? Like, and that's that gives me joy if they yeah. 
can do that. Not and I remember my lost. great coaches but, and I remember the people I would rather have never met on the court. Right? <laughs> I've, you know, uh, both of them taught me a great deal. Uh, but I am have a tremendous gratitude for the ones who like coach Gansky at um, Bear River, you know, who, who took the time to know me yeah. and told me things I didn't want to hear all the time, but needed to hear, or I didn't want to hear, but needed to consider, even if it wasn't exactly right. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. You're, you're right. And I think that athletes today. Your brain needs support and new Ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We got to do a better job as a as a whole telling them what they don't want to hear, right? You know, things, areas that you need to, and there's obviously ways to do that the right way, right? But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're too, without getting political or anything, but we're always worried that it's going to come back as a coach to an angry parent. Oh, you told my daughter she doesn't hustle enough, and right? Uh, yeah. You know, those types of conversations that you end up having with parents. Well, you know, it's like, well, that it comes back to how, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you have to figure out how you're going to say it. And actually that's pushed the coaching profession and the coaching, even in amateur levels, you have to be more positive than the coaches. I, a lot of the coaches I had, Yeah. if, if I'm going to tell a, 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 a athlete, um, you, you're, you got to change your shot. I'm not going to say you have a terrible shot. I'm going to say, you're going to have more success if you try this. You're going to, you're going to give it, if you have patience and you do this, you're going to be more successful. And then it's their decision. And, and some of them won't make that decision. Some of them really don't care. And that's, you just have to allow that too. There's, there's a limit to what you can do, but that player, and we were talking about one of your players before the, the show begins, you know, that player, whether or not she goes on to college basketball or not, that, Okay, I want to try that. I want to get better mentality is going to serve her for uh, for her whole life. Yeah. And uh, I, think, I would I would take ten of her. You know? Yes, right. <laughs> I know. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you uh, taking the time to help her. All right. Yeah. Any final thoughts as we wrap things up? Anything you want to leave with our coaches out there? We, you know, we had a you know great conversation on a number of different topics. But is there Something maybe we can just wrap it all up here with form at the end. It took a I long- guess coming back to noticing, naming, and yeah. knowing the people who come on your court know, and, and finding a way to acknowledge those things will let that person feel of value, whoever they are and whatever their skills are. Um, I don't, I don't know. My, um, 
Email is maryvolmer at gmail. If you have any questions for me specifically, um, I haven't done a lot of youth coaching. I, I work more with professional artists and NCAA athletes, but if there's some question or concern, I'm happy to, <laughs> to, to address it um, or, or to try. And if I don't know, I'll try to send, send you somewhere more fruitful <laughs> well, in the end. Sure. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're very uh, uh, thankful uh, for for your time and sharing your wisdom with us on the podcast today. And uh, um, you know, my message, I think, the big takeaway for me uh, in this conversation was the word joy. Mm. I really like the you know summing it up with the word you know joy instead of just play. You know, it's joyful because you're right; it, it, that makes a lot more sense to me. It resonates a lot. So. Um, well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, Anytime man. I can talk sports and basketball, right. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, because I think we already came up with our next show idea somewhere in the, in the <laughs> you mentioned something, a couple of them anyway. All right. So next time, Mary, we'll see you on a court. Uh, I am sure in the Bay area and thank you, yep. you again for your time. All right. Thanks a lot. Bill. I appreciate you. Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.